All right, welcome back to Grace Space Podcast. It's been a long time since I've recorded one of these, and uh, I'm super stoked for Lee to be here. I've known him for a while. He is a fellow photographer, one with much more success and range than me, so I'm super stoked to get to talk to him today and uh, just pick his brain and hear what he's been up to. Thank you, Lee, so much for coming on. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. I don't think I'm a... I would. I honestly would not call myself a photographer at would all. You really? Yeah, <laughs> like I've switched so much to like the business side of things, to trying to manage and oversee uh, yeah. people and like the cr- quote unquote creative aspect of of like managing yourself and your time. Yeah. That I probably wouldn't really call myself a photographer anymore. But I, I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of photographers, kind of go through that where they'll be in the grind for a really long time and then they'll start making more of a director role and then like then they're just like running things and it's kind of a big transition like do you miss the like photography aspect of it so well like i i use my camera almost every day still but like i like sold all my expensive equipment and bought like cheap stuff just because i wanted almost no overhead in running my business So what's so what what cameras are you using now? Like what's this cheap stuff? So I say cheap. It's an EOS R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I went from like a thirty five hundred dollar camera to like a fifteen hundred dollar camera. Right. I say so. I don't want that to sound pretentious at all. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I switched from like an A seven R three down to an EOS R because for people who are listening, I do full time real estate and then I have a full-time job as a creative director at a business downtown and then I'm starting my third business next year but um for real estate I just needed something to like that was quick and dirty get the job done because it's all about speed and efficiency with real estate and uh the more gigs you can get the more money that you'll have and that's I was just chasing the bag so <laughs> there you go <laughs> sold the expensive stuff for stuff that was easy to work with now I've for the while I've known you, you've always shot Sony. Why'd you make the transition to a Canon? Why didn't you just get like a A7S III or an A7 III, which is like a lower end Sony camera, still a full frame though? Yeah, so like an A7S III would be nice for what I'm doing because I do real estate video and mm-hmm. photos, but photos are what like bring in the most money because you're at a house for 30 minutes, you're in and out, I send off the pictures to an editor, and I'm done. Oh, you don't even have to edit yours? No. So oh. if I shoot a video, I do. But I needed a camera that was really good at both pictures and video. So that's oh, why okay. I switched to the EOS R because I didn't want to spend 3500 bucks. Yeah. I wanted to spend 1500 bucks. But you had to I, get a whole new lens set up, right? Yeah. So I sold all my Sony gear. Because, like, I stopped doing it for fun. Like, maybe this is a really – maybe I'm a really bad person to bring on your podcast. <laughs> but, like, no, no, no. It's like, I was like, how can I – like, it was fun, but, like, how can I – make money with my knowledge yeah so that's why i got rid of all my stuff like that was high-end and really good at one thing which was photography Mm -hmm. and switched to something that was good at both so i sold all my g master sony glass and bought a 600 dollars 16 millimeter lens and that's what i use is that the that's the only lens you use so i have a 15 to 35 okay which is like the rf lens which is like super nice but i almost never use it interesting so just that is it a pancake lens it's 16? yeah it's like an inch and a half yeah the, yeah oh <laughs> my gosh tiny. and you use that for all the the photo and the video work in the houses yeah because i had to buy a ronin so that was another okay cost yeah. that had to factor in so the ronin just works better with a lighter load so people who don't know a ronin is a, a gimbal stabilizer that helps a lot for video and um just getting really smooth shots they're awesome yep they're pretty sweet. They're kind of a pain to use sometimes, though. 
They've gotten better. So yeah. like the original Ronin Ugh. was unwieldy yeah. and big, but I have like the RSC two or something like that. I think and, that's I think that's the one I have. The my biggest gripe with it though is every time you use it, pretty much you always have to calibrate it and like adjust some sort of weight on it or something to so it works. I'm like. I would love for it to just slap the camera on and just go like for once. Yeah. But then like if you change your lens, you change your focal length on your lens, the lens is going further out and you have to switch it all again. It's a pain. So I think you're running too much weight on it. Cause I don't have that issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, those Sony lenses that 24 to 70, yeah, 2.8 is a huge lens. So you're really close to the max payload. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a, uh, I don't use it enough. I've probably used it on a few shoots and so probably wasn't a, great business expense by any means um but i'm glad i have it if i ever need to pull it out (laughs) yeah um but okay so you're doing more of the real estate photography in, in the video and that's something that i tried to get into but like the biggest hurdle i found was most realtors have their own photographer that they're kind of already like locked in with and they're just like oh i've been using this guy for five years two i know I'm just going to stick with them. And I was like, well, that doesn't help me at all. Yeah. So how did you get past that? And are you working as a pi- private contractor or are you working for like a company like Planomatic, which is for people who don't know, they pretty sure that's a real estate media business that you can like yeah. get business from. So back, this is going to go back. So I started like photography in high school yep. and then went through a phase of like, I'm going to be a wedding photographer did like 15 in a year and it yeah. was fine, but super stressful. It just wasn't worth, worth the time. Um, but then I did find a company from Texas that was starting the real estate media business in Jacksonville. So I started working with them. I did like six shoots and they were only paying me like $40 a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's brutal. Something it's like, and gas was cheaper back then, but that still just wasn't <laughs> worth it. Um, so I did that for, like three months and I was like, this is really annoying and stupid. So that was in like, because of the money. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like 2017. Okay. And then years and years and years go by. And then in 2021, I'm like, I need a side gig. I need some more income. So I'm just like looking up photography niches and I was like, Oh, I could try real estate again. So I do attend church and I attend church because I love Jesus and I'm a born again believer, but not because it's a great network, but it's a great network. (laughs) It's a great network. (laughs) So like you meet a lot of people. Um, don't go to church if you're going to just network, go to church, (laughs) (laughs) find a relationship with the Lord and then attend church. But, um, so I had a friend there who's a realtor and I got in with him. So I, I did undercut his friend by, or, uh, his photographer by like offering some free shoots. Yeah. And then I just started like, I was like, Hey, what does this guy charge you? I'll just charge whatever he charges. But my work was better than his. So I was looking back at his previous listings and I was like, I can probably do better than this guy. Yeah. So I go and I do like three shoots for free. And this dude's like, this is phenomenal. I love it. So from there, I just took the three houses that I had started an Instagram account, made a website, spent all the money that it takes to like get that started using like GoDaddy or whatever. And, uh, just started like reaching out to realtors on Instagram. So Instagram was your main interesting. Yeah. So there's a guy named Eli Jones okay. and you may have seen him on like TikTok or reels, but, um, I'm not he, on TikTok. <laughs> okay. Well, he, um, he had a method of like, 
he's like a millionaire. He owns a full real estate business um, mm-hmm. and like hires 15 people to go shoot for him. So he uh, was like, just find realtors using hashtags in your area and just start offering free shoots. So that's what I did. Okay. And I did the, I did that for like three months. Okay. And now I've got 10 realtors that I work with and I, I shoot probably eight times a week. Wow. Yeah. That's, which doesn't sound a, like a lot, but no, but that well, especially it's, it's great though, because as you said, like if you're just doing photos, you're in and out in 30 minutes and like whatever you're making is probably more than any other job you could do for 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, so 100%. that's, that's so beneficial. And then the fact that you can do that with your full-time job also. And, um, that's a really, that totally makes sense just to kind of offer a few free shoots. And when you were looking at that guy's portfolio and like the work he had done and you could tell that yours was better, do you think you are better at that because you're coming from a more artistic background like with wedding photography and all of that versus someone who might, because there's some people who only have ever done real estate photography. All they know is taking pictures of interior houses, which is great, more power to them, that's awesome. But they're going to see things differently than someone like you or I will who maybe have had a more artistic experience. Like, did you find that like when you started shooting? So I think at first I was, I was like, what's going to look good if this ever gets put on Pinterest? So I was oh, like, that's a great way of looking at it. I was like, or if this is in a restoration hardware magazine, what is it going to look like? So restoration hardware features the furniture, but they really feature a lifestyle. Like that's kind of like their thing. Their marketing is, a lifestyle change for people who buy their furniture. It's not just a good furniture, yeah. right? So I was like, if I'm gonna sell this house, what's gonna make it look good if it was ever put in a magazine? So I was thinking of every shoot as like, how can I get into a restoration hardware, you know, feature mm-hmm. magazine? And now it's like, I was taking like an hour for like a three bedroom house and now it'll take like 20 minutes for a three bedroom house. Really? But it's just, once you figure it out, once you do it enough times, it's like, this is, it's copy and paste. Yeah. So it's all about efficiency, getting clients their photos as fast as you can, um, getting in and out, not wasting anybody's time and just giving a good product. And so did you hire an editor? So I have an editor who is in India. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So, um, what's the time difference? It's like, uh, eight hours or something oh, okay. like that. So like literally I send the <laughs> He's pictures asleep right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I send pictures at like five, 6 PM and then he has them to me in the morning. Oh, okay. So yeah, I tell, all, I tell all my customers it's an hour or sorry, it's a 24 hour turnaround. That's fast. Yeah. That's really fast. And for real estate and the, the market's slowed down now, but like for a while in 2020 and 2021, it was like, you gotta be quick. Yeah. That, so. Wow. Interesting. So when you're doing these shoots and when you're doing your real estate photography, I, I did it a little bit. I barely dabbled in it. And like for a few of them, I brought lights, which is a pain in the ass and there's nothing yeah. efficient about that whatsoever. Yeah. And then other times I would just do, uh, what's the, like, st- what's the word? Um, where it takes multiple, it takes like seven oh, pictures at once. Bracketing. bracketing. I would do bracketing. Yeah. What is your process for that? So just to be in that 30 minutes or less. Yeah. So there is a method, I don't remember what it's called, where you take in a flash and you light the room. And like, if I was ever shooting a $10 million house and making, you know, $3,000 for a shoot, I would probably do that. Yeah. But I'm not. Right. My my method is 100% volume. So I probably shoot for cheaper than most people, but I get more gigs than most people. Oh, okay. So it's all about volume if you're trying to, you know, in- increase your income. So... I set the camera to do bracketing. Like you said, it's three exposures. 
Um, oh, only so, three. Oh, you only mm-hmm. need three. Only need three. Okay. So you I'm do just doing five or seven, <laughs> and that increases like one the cost if you're editing. Uh-huh. Increases the cost, and then two the time. Yes. So if you do three exposures, two stops down, two stops over, you're golden. That's all you need for mm. for almost every room. There are times that I'll I'll do six because I'll just stop down for the first image and then stop up for the next one, but that's only if there's like. Like you're shooting into the sun and things like that. Right. But it's very rare. And explain to the people what you mean by uh, stops up or down, like what that, just briefly what that means. Yeah. So in photography, a stop is like a measurement of light. And I don't know what number that <laughs> <Yeah>. is. But <laughs> no one does. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically like a stop down is a, is a little bit darker. A stop up is a little bit brighter. Yeah. So in, a, in, in an exposure, you usually have three a range of three so one two and three up one two and three down yeah so it's, yeah okay so then you just have the tripod got the eos eos r and then you're just no lights and you're in and out in 30 minutes yeah and for then, like an average size house like a three bedroom you said mm-hmm. so is there a typical size probably yeah so most houses that i'm shooting sell for like less than five hundred thousand. okay so the average house I'm shooting is like two fifty to five hundred thousand. Okay. Now the last three days, this week I've shot four houses that are like one and a half million dollars, but the market's also just inflated. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that house I'd, a year ago probably would yeah. have been like seven hundred thousand yeah, or something. Yeah. So I mean you charge more for those, just you usually go by square footage. So my rule of thumb is anything over twenty five hundred square feet, I'm gonna charge more than less right. than. Okay. Have you so then when you add video into the mix, obviously that increases your rate, but it also takes longer. So how long does doing a video of a house take you? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but you have more experience as a still photographer, right? So, I mean, I started out as a still photographer, right. um, but I really started growing when I switched to video and I would honestly, I consider myself a videographer, not a photographer. Oh, okay. So yeah, so for my full-time gig, I am a, the creative director at a, at a, a business downtown. Yeah. And um, that's, I started out as a videographer. So I was doing video 40, 40 hours a week. Okay. Now I oversee all like branding and marketing for us. Yeah. But so, but with video, it is, it's a little bit more difficult just because there's less room for error. Um, but it's it maybe doubles the time. So if I'm shooting for a half hour, I probably with pictures, I probably shoot for another half hour with video. Yeah, and then just like simple, not really anything complicated, just walk through of yeah. the house and stuff, like nothing crazy. So you set up a template, like you know, you charge extra for a drone right. shot, which is like that's easy. Yeah. Um. So you fly the drone, you get those shots, you get you know walking into the door, go yep. inside, close the door, continue walking through the house. Yep. And I've got it down now to a science where it literally takes me 30 minutes for a normal size house. Huh. So, and then I edit, it maybe takes me 20 minutes to edit. <laughs> just 20 minutes? Dang. Yeah. For like a, a minute and a half long video. Just throw some music on there and you're good to go. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't know why you're having me on this podcast. I'm not creative. I'm just <laughs> like... <laughs> no. Well, no, you're. I think you're a very creative person. You, I mean, that wedding photography, I've seen some of your work and that's... I've never done it. I've never wanted to do wedding photography. It sucks. Don't do it. <laughs> that's what everyone says. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just, like, if you're saying that's, that's horrible. <laughs> I mean, that requires a large bit of creativity, I think, because you're in an environment where you're just surrounded by people and it's, it's chaotic. There's people everywhere and you're having to capture these once in a lifetime, ideally moments for these people in they get when you get one shot yep. literally yep. and if you mess up 
you're gonna have a pretty pissed off bride <laughs> yeah. most likely yeah um have you ever had a pissed off bride so thankfully no i've never had a massive catastrophe okay. but i know people who have yeah and it's that it, they just feel defeated in their craft oh so i like to say you can you can reshoot a house but you can't reshoot a wedding (laughs) (laughs) so but like i know a lot of wedding videographers and photographers like that's all they do and like props to them i just can't do that man it seems like so stressful yeah i mean i know they make great money like you've told me some of the numbers that you can make from a wedding before and it's shocking um because it's like pretty much just a a day's work like two days work yeah i mean depending on the way and you can make thousands of dollars yeah but the headache that goes with it is and you have to work you got to think too let's say you you booked 52 weeks a year okay and that's you would be working pretty much weekends only right and that would suck yeah your weekends or, are gone yeah. yeah and i'm married now so it's like i don't want to do that but yeah. like i said props to those people who do yeah how long so how long did you do the weddings i think i did it from 2018 to like 2020 so only like two years. Okay. Um, and occasionally now I'll second shoot for somebody, but you, they got to mm. be paying me a lot of money to <laughs> pull me on a Friday night. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you would almost always want to have a, a second shooter, right? Yeah. In most cases. Cause you have like one guy maybe doing video, another doing the stills and stuff. Huh? So, um, so you switched from a Sony system to Canon. What's the biggest thing? like you've noticed differently about those two cameras. Cause you, you know a lot about camera. You're very much engrossed in like, you know what you're talking about with camera systems. So what's the big thing that you've kind of come across? So like Sony is a phenomenal system, mm-hmm. but you're gonna be paying more for it, but you can rely on it. So I basically worked for Sony for a couple of years and I'm not just selling, saying that just to sell the camera, but yeah, yeah. Um, it worked like if I knew that when I had my Sony, if I needed to take a good photo, I could take a good photo and I didn't have to worry about it. So now I'm shooting with Canon full time. Um, but I just needed something that was decent with low light video and the a seven R three that I had was a phenomenal photography camera. It just didn't do it for me for video. Tell me about it. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that what you're shooting on? I'm still shooting. I I just saw, I was looking at the five and because i told i wanted to get the four at one point but i was like gosh they come out with cameras so fast like i might as well just wait till they do come out with the next one so then it's like that makes a little more sense to upgrade two models ahead yeah instead of just one um so i'm kind of like debating about making the move um do you know anything about that one no (laughs) (laughs) well the only they didn't make a ton of changes from what it seems like from the four it's just they have this new ai part that they're yeah everyone's got ai now what is that what does that even mean (laughs) for a camera though like that's what i don't understand it's got to just be for focus tracking it's got to be the only thing that it would impact so i mean that's really only gonna help you with like animals and people walking around yeah but you do surf shots that would help you yeah i haven't i haven't done that in a while but um yeah that would be i don't know but i i used to always want canon because i always thought like oh canon for whatever reason my whole life I was like Canon is the premier end all be all. And then I switched to Sony and then all the wildlife photographers, they're, they're all on Sony now. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of interesting to see like these can camera systems, like duking it out, coming out, like outdoing each other every yeah. year. Well, Sony just really pushed the envelope 
when mirrorless came out but now yeah. everyone i think is really close to the same page i think in the last year like canon definitely is i mean they their video their hybrid cameras are just phenomenal um and then i mean you have like the sony camera like the sony a1 the alpha and i feel like that was kind of a bust like you don't really hear much about it and it's so expensive well that's why you didn't hear about it is it wasn't like marketed for people like us it was i it was like marketed for like one percent of yeah. photographers yeah and i think the people who could afford that they were just like oh we're just gonna get that fuji x 100 or whatever that thing it was the 100 megapixels and we don't need this sony yeah well fuji came is coming around man like the really? the x100 or yeah the x100v or t100 whatever right, they're yeah. they're all labeled funny but it's like it's like 1200 bucks now but yeah three years ago it was 700 dollars Huh. So no inflation happened, but yeah, like social media picked it up because of the film emulation stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's you can't even find one for sale now. Speaking of social media, um, are you are you someone who's on it a lot? Do you use it a lot for your? You said you reach out to people on Instagram for business and stuff, but do you use it as a photographer a lot? So if you go to my Instagram page, you would think. Or what is your Instagram? I'm page? inactive. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can go look me up. It's Lee dot Chick Fil A. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you're gonna think I'm inactive, um, which I actually I, I take that back. I posted like a week a week ago. Oh, okay, so people are like, all right, he was alive a week ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I maybe post like three times a year, but like that was like I was, and in like 2018, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna post every single day. I'm yeah. gonna grow. I'm gonna get like 10,000 followers. Like that's like all that mattered to me, and then it never happened. And now I'm sitting at like a thousand followers, and, and I don't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I post now like on my stories, just stuff that I find funny and things okay. like that. But I post almost every single day on the, uh, my business account. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah. And then I manage a couple of accounts for my brand that have like, I, I am delved into that world. Um, okay. I have a master's in communications and social media. Yeah. So that's how I landed my gig now, my full-time gig, um, working for this company. And, uh, Yes. So what have uh what changes have you kind of observed in that social media space in the last let's say two years? Everything's short form. Yeah. Everything everything is short form. It's, attention spans are so so much smaller. So I was <laughs> literally last week I was like, I'm gonna try making some TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> and um I get so busy. I was gonna do like a day in the life of like a real estate photographer. Yeah. And um I tried doing one today and I got to my like second house of the day and I was like, yeah, I, I, I didn't have time. And <laughs> so this is cutting into my 30 minute window. <laughs> yeah, for real. So it, it, it almost is uncomfortable too to like record yourself. Like I, I don't like being on camera. It's but, a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. You yeah. kind of have to get used to it. Um, but short form, like it's attention spans are so quick. You got to have something popping up on screen every two to three seconds, like yeah. cut in text, cut away, something like that. Well, that's even the same. It's even similar to like this job search stuff that I'm going through. A guy who's been helping me with it all, he said, when you give someone your resume, you have about six seconds to impress them. Oh, yeah. Top the, line, that's it. Yeah, the top line, they're probably reading it on their phone. They might be on the go while they're reading it. No one's printing out resumes anymore. No one's reading them fully and highlighting them like they used to. And that same principle is applied to this short-form social media. And it's does it does it bum you out to like – almost have like do you feel like like the so the medium has like been cheapened by like social media so i think the medium has been cheapened whereas like back in the day you would look to somebody who had like you know a three thousand dollar camera and talking into a mic like this mm -hmm. on youtube and really respect what they say 
But now people don't respect that. They, they think that's paid. It comes across as fake. So now people care more, especially in advertising. People care more about things that are shot on like a, you know, iPhone 8 and it looks crappy. But like the story or the, the thing that the person is saying matters way more. Mm. So like that's why I think a lot of people like Peter McKinnon, for example, kind of started to die out because his, his strategy didn't really change with his YouTube. And yeah. there's there's people that are like, on the go shooting and don't really care about like the way that their stuff looks, but cares about the message that they're communicating more and people trust them more. So those, those channels are really starting to grow. Yeah. He, his is definitely like, he's very nitpicky and Peter's a great creator. Like, yeah, no offense to him. Yeah. yeah. If he ever <laughs> hears this, like, Hey man, like big fan. But, um, it is funny. Like his YouTube videos are so well done. They're, even like the ones he just tries to make that are just like fun and on the go, like they're still so polished and crafted and stuff versus someone like you said, who just is like throwing shit together and just kind of having fun with it. That comes off so much more authentic um, than something like that. And yeah, that's weird to think like now that you say that, like he, his channel hasn't really like adapted at all to that, to that um, change of pace. Um, But you can easily use that like in your job search. Like just just showing people that you understand your target audience and like where audiences are in advertising, branding, marketing, whatever. Yeah. You have to know your audience and your audience right now is like short form content filmed on the go. Like you can't put that much time and energy into it because it just looks less genuine. Do you think that it'll ever go back to how it was? Do you think it'll ever make that switch, that pivot? It's hard to say. I think it's creating content is so much easier for people now. It's much more accessible that it's just easy for everyone to do it. And I don't know that we'll ever get back to that. Like, well, I don't know. So if if there's a flood of everyone making these really crappy TikToks, <laughs> which there <laughs> kind of is, like, I think maybe that high quality and high energy um, content might come back and might start to dominate again. But yeah. for right now, I don't see it happening for the next like five years. Well, it's funny to think about like, like 10 years ago, if you like wanted to get a good picture, you had to buy a multi-thousand dollar camera like everyone knew like that dad who had the really nice camera set up and everyone at the soccer game or wherever ballet or so whatever you want to call it like they're like oh we got to get pictures from john like he's got he's got the good camera like he's a photographer and everyone just like flocked to him and got the pictures from him after the performance or whatever and now it's like you see a a game starter performance art and you see all the moms just pull out their phones Mm -hmm. and they're great. Like the videos yeah. are like the iPhones kick ass. Like yeah. I'm not going to doubt that. And, um, it's just so funny. Like you said, like to break into that space now, like so many more people just casually call themselves a photographer because they have an iPhone, which sometimes like, does that bother you? Personally? No. What bothers me okay. is like, they take your business. Well, no, <laughs> what used to really bother me and still kind of does is like, you know, <laughs> I tell this story. I know you because I used to work at Best Buy and yeah. sell cameras. And now there was this time when I was there and this, this chick brought in a, uh, in like an e, a rebel T2I oh, yeah. or something like that, <laughs> but she had a 51.2 on it. So she had this like $2,600 lens yeah. on this $300 camera and was like, Hey, I'm shooting a wedding tomorrow. Um, <laughs> is this good? Oh my gosh. So it's like, or another time was, hey, this girl came in and she's like, hey, I'm shooting a wedding next week. What's a good camera for it? Like you don't already have a camera. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, so now it's like people see me with my camera, like, hey, can you take my picture? And 
or like you have a nice camera so you must get good pictures and it's like it it doesn't exactly work that way yeah especially when i was at best buy it was people would come in and buy a camera i think they would immediately have these amazing pictures or like they would take it home pull it out of the box and just take a picture and it'd be amazing yeah but there's so much more to it than that so that's what bothered me Mm. is i knew this person was going to buy this t7i and go home use it for a week and then give up because they didn't yeah. want to put it in, put in the time and the energy to like make something good. Yeah, no, and it it's definitely not the. I mean, obviously, cameras help. Having a nice camera helps. The technology is phenomenal. But some of my favorite pictures that I've ever taken were taken with the Sony A six thousand, and that is a pretty basic camera. It's a yeah. crop sensor. It's very old at this point. I mean, probably came out in twenty thirteen or something. Yeah, it's and been a while. I, yeah, and I used it for like a good bit until I upgraded to the R3 and the R3 is great. But um, yeah, I mean, I think if you take the time, like you said, to like really learn how to actually use the cameras and understand exposure, composition, focal length, shutter speed, like all of that, like you can get great pictures with not so great equipment. I Mm -hmm. mean, you're doing professional work and you traded out your system for a system that's not as high end and you're still doing it at a professional level and getting paid for it. Um, And that just goes back to your experience and skills that like you said people just sometimes don't want to work on yeah um but i mean it is crazy to think like do you know the magazine i think it was surfer's journal um it was one of those and you know zach noyle yeah he i mean he took a picture with an iphone in one of those access go cut uh cases in it it was a cut i mean obviously him being zach noyle helps him get a cover photo but the picture is still pretty cool. I mean, the fact that there's an iPhone picture now on magazine covers that's yeah. widely distributed is wild. Well, it's like I said, these these giant Fortune 500 companies aren't paying for people like me with years of experience anymore. They will for a little bit and up to a point, but they're spending more money on consumer-generated content. So like people like whoever, or Joey on the street, with an iPhone to make a, a video with their product and just sending it to them for free just to make a video, not even paying them hmm. to, to get material for advertisements. So these companies are paying droves and droves of money um, to these, these companies that are basically, they generate consumer content. But literally, they're paying people just to take their iPhone, make a quick little video and send it to them, and they're using it for their promotion. Yeah. And that's kind of like similar to like the influencer marketing scene, which has just blown up tremendously. Yeah. It's crazy. I think brands are more likely to spend money on these like consumer generated content agencies than they are to send something to like Kendall Jenner. I don't know if she's relevant still. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, and we talk about this in some of our classes at school and, um, it seems that authenticity is one of the biggest things and people are much more likely to gravitate towards Joey on the street than like a Kendall Jenner. Cause like, that's just a, a level of fame and status that like not many people can achieve, but like people can relate to Joey, you know, he's just like yeah. a guy. And if he took it just with his iPhone and it's like, Oh, that's something I can do too. Like, and I think it makes people feel more connected to a brand when they're looking at content through that lens. Um, like my a friend of mine made a good point about my Instagram the other day and they said one of the things that's not wrong with it but like a little different is like I only really post like 
professional photos like that I've taken like with my nice cameras and like I put effort and thought into them I edit them and stuff and and she was like it almost just looks like a like an ad like when yeah. your photos come across on my Instagram like it just looks like an advertisement for something right. like not that there's a product in it but it's just like that's not doesn't look like a real photo versus yep. if I throw an iPhone photo of me and my buddies on there it does great mm-hmm. and I'm like what the hell I put yeah. all this effort into this other photo yeah. woke up at 4 a.m. to chase down that sunrise and now I got no likes. Yeah. It's crazy. It's authenticity, like you said. That's yeah. all That's all people want these days. Well, and I think also, I mean, you could probably speak to this too. There's so many ads on Instagram now. It's so ad heavy. Um, because, I mean, they work. I, can't, I don't knock that. My focus at school is in advertising, so I get it. But I think that the amount of ads creates so much noise and it blocks out so much content and it kind of messes with people growing organically on the app now. Yeah. It's definitely hard to grow and like, cause it's the market's just flooded yeah. with people. Yeah. And like someone told me like, this was a couple years ago. They said like, Oh yeah, to get 10,000 followers five years ago was so much easier. Now it's like, you, you can't do it. Like you just can't grow. Cause it's so much, it's so easy to make good content now because mm. the tools have become easier. So there's just so much more of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with my, my job, my not my real estate job, my other job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've started editing and shooting probably eighty percent of our content on my phone. Really? Yeah, just to be quick and efficient, and it's just easy, and it people respond better. So I make a reel, like with my, so I have C two hundreds at the where I work. Yeah, yeah. And like I can make a reel with that and make something really legit, and uh-huh. it gets you know a thousand likes. Yeah. If I make something on my phone and I put it together in Premiere Rush, which is a free app on your phone, yeah, yeah, and just <laughs> upload it to Instagram with a with a random uh, song that they suggest, uh-huh. it 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 produces a tenfold like the engagement that the other video right. that I like really put so much thought into. Oh my gosh, I uh, I also think that Instagram and Reels in particular, I think that when it's a video from an iPhone, it does better. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think the algorithm it, like is like oh this is an iPhone video. Let's push this versus like when it's like, Oh, this is from some foreign camera. Like we don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, they also want to push their, their own app too. They try to make it seem really easy to, to build a reel in the app. Then uh, that, which is probably why, cause they have that like template thing now. Or if oh, you I see a reel, you can, there's like a little thing that comes up. It says template. If you click on it, um, it basically like will cut the song for you and tell you where to insert your clips. Really? Yeah. And it works pretty well. I've never used it, but I assume like if you want to mimic, I mean, everyone's mimicking each other now on reels. Yeah. Like if you wanted to mimic something that someone else did, that was a trend. It it makes it a lot easier. Well, hopping on those trends, I think sometimes helps with like getting a lot of amount of likes. Like, I mean, if you get for go for like a song that's doing popular now, that's hugely important. Um, I'm so shit at picking songs and audio. Like I, I just like, I'm like, Oh, this one sounds decent. Like the beats are, working like i guess i'll use this and like it does nothing i'm like well i guess i chose the wrong song yeah Yeah, i think it's all about story man like Mm -hmm. as long as people can get what you're what you're trying to say like it doesn't the everything around it doesn't matter yeah i uh i was i read this really good book called building your story brand by donald miller it's uh i've told so many people about it's fantastic it's perfect for people who have their own businesses and um for what you're doing it's it would be perfect it basically builds out like a roadmap of 
how to run your business, how to present your business, how to self-market yourself to get the most out of it. Um, and that's a big part of what it talks about is like story and how story is so important. And we're all in a story and the customer is the hero. And then you, the the person who's doing the work, you're the guide. And you just have to like guide them through their journey and their story. And uh, yeah, everything is story. Everything in life, everything, it's it's really interesting. The book, you would, uh, you would like it. But um, what advice, ch- changing, pivoting here, what advice would you give someone who's either going into either real estate photography, wedding photography, or just starting their photography path themselves? So think about where you want to be in five years. Mm. So do you want to be someone who is working every weekend, shooting a wedding? Do you want to be someone who is working the 95, taking a house, like taking pictures of houses, or do you want to be the guy that oversees those people? Mm. So I think like for me, it was a shift of like, yeah, I enjoyed the creative part of it, but when it came time to edit, I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. So I kind of lost like the thrill of shooting. Um, that's why I don't really like travel and take my camera with me anymore. I just take my phone. Yeah. Um, it's, I was, the shift for me happened in 2020 where I started trying to chase the bag. Okay. So bag of money, yeah, bag money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I said, if, think about where you want to be in five years. If you want to be a full-time wedding ph- photographer in five years, do it. Commit to it and like really commit to it. Yeah. Look at where the trends are. Right now, everything's short form. So you want to be a successful wedding photographer in Jacksonville. Take your take like the video footage of your weddings, cut it down into something that's like literally a second and a half per shot mm. and post it. Okay. Make it look like a party. Like that's, that's what's going to sell you and sell your brand. Yeah. If you want to do real estate, make videos of yourself shooting real estate. I haven't personally done this cause I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know it would like if I know if I started really posting reels on my business page of me shooting yeah. that I would probably blow up. And by next year I'd really have like a ton of gigs. I probably wouldn't have time for anything else. Well, that goes back to that authenticity. Like people actually seeing the person behind the shots is really important. Yeah. Cause it's like, if, if you looked at my business Instagram page, it would be like, you would just know that I'm a, a real estate photographer or you might think I'm a realtor. So, <laughs> but the way that I am marketing, yeah, well, n- not if I can't pass that real estate test. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it, it is authenticity. So like, think about where you want to be in five years. If you really want to, if you're going to commit to something, commit, don't be like me. Don't shy away from something because it gets boring, mm. but it is good to be adaptable too. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing that you shied away from it because now you're in a position that you really are happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have gotten there if you hadn't tried that other thing. Yeah. Um, I think that like a lot of times like failure gets downplayed and like switching gears in like your life gets kind of downplayed, but like it's, you can't be where you are now if you haven't been where you were. Mm-hmm. That maybe, I maybe didn't word that right, but you know what I'm saying? I know. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, but like you had that experience and you're like, okay, this isn't for me now like I want to pivot I want I want to be chasing something more and then that led you to doing this and you probably also wouldn't be as good as you are at this if you hadn't done the other stuff yeah for sure I don't regret anything that I ever did but like it's all about networking these days it's all about who you know Mm -hmm. it's all about just networking at church (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't go to church just to network yourself (laughs) please don't Uh, um, but yeah it's all about networking yourself like 
really investing in the people that you talk to, really investing in your craft that you so much so that you, even if it doesn't work out, that you can still learn from it and use those aspects. So, yeah. And do you put effort into like reaching out to other people who maybe have more experience in real estate? Talk, like, do you, are you trying to learn more still, or is it just kind of like learn on the job type of thing? Um, I think I'm in a really interesting position where like I've had almost 10 years of experience just in media in general that I was able to really dive into it. And I've got the marketing degree to like, you know, help me well, (laughs) strategically meet people. Um, so, but no, I haven't reached out to people, but I, there are people online who are like successful in what they do. And I do kind of mimic them some. Mm. Um, but yeah, I want, I feel like sometimes photographers maybe are a little like reserved and like, sharing all their secrets you know because like especially like if you're in the same business as them like they're chasing the same clients as you are and like they don't want to reveal all the answers um so that's when it gets a little a little murky yeah um but i think just like doing it as much as you are and like you're just gonna get more and more experience with it and just like you might get it down to 15 minutes a house i mean who knows which that would be insane it'd be really hard but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're running around literally like by the end of you're sweating like yeah um well that i mean there's some most houses are like you know 30 minutes but even today the house that i was shooting like i try to make my customers feel happy with mm -hmm. the product and i will always try to go above and beyond like i'm a very big like customer experience advocate so um like today this the realtor wasn't there um which is normal for me i usually just meet the homeowner if 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 there's someone living there but there was this lady there um single mom she had like three dogs and a kid and but she had just had some procedure done this morning so she like couldn't move things around and the place was a little bit of a mess and there were dogs everywhere so like i made sure to take the time to like help her out and like really make these photos turn out well Cause it would have been super easy for me to just be like, well, there's a dog in this picture. That's too bad. Yeah. But to really take the time to like invest in your clients too. So yeah, my shoot today was supposed to take me 30 minutes. It took me almost an hour mm. or one of them. And, uh, but that's fine because that'll be returned to me and my, my customer, the realtor really appreciating the product that they're getting. Yeah. And you also get that retention from, cause that real realtor will know like, Oh, Lee's going to put the extra work in even like when he may not have to, that's going to like, I'm definitely going to keep pushing business his way. Cause like, I know I can count on him. Yeah. Another example too, is I'll shoot Airbnbs for people. Oh, nice. So I have one person who has 10 Airbnbs right now and I shoot all of them. And, um, like they were like, cause nine just wasn't enough. Yeah. Enough. Nine was enough. That's the goal, man. <laughs> <laughs> Invest in real estate when you can. Yeah. Um, so they, they were like, I want pictures and a video. Well, okay. the place just wasn't video worthy. Yeah. It just wasn't going to do much for them. So they were like, can you do the video? And I was like, well, I can, but I really don't think it's going to work well for you. I'm going to lose out on $300 on this shoot. But for you, I don't think it's worth spending the money and it's just not going to make a difference for you. Yeah. And it wasn't me trying to be lazy. It was just like, genuinely, I don't think it's going to help sell this house yeah. or you know, sell this listing. And they, that went a long way. Like they have sent five more people to me just because of that one interaction last yeah. month. So huh. it really does help to invest in your clients. You just go the extra step. Yeah. I think people respect that so much more, especially like you're saying, we're in such a short f- contact f- content form area and everything is so fast paced. Like when you really 
take the time to slow down with someone and get real with them they're like oh shit you're a real person like you're not just like trying to sell me stuff yeah and that's great so honesty goes a long way yeah that's yeah that's a good um that's a good note um well i don't really i don't think i have any other questions unless you have any questions do you <laughs> i asked all the questions no i kind of feel like a jerk now <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I, I'm, I'm happy to not answer any questions so though. who's your target audience for this podcast <laughs> that's my question anyone who will listen <laughs> yeah but who do you so you're bringing creative people on that's what i'm trying to do because that i mean i would love to just talk to creatives and athletes because that's what i love the most um so just doing that and I think that, like, and I don't want to just talk to just photographers. I would love to talk to painters and sculptors and anyone, art musicians, and um, because there's, I I do feel like I am creative, but there's so many parts of, there's so many other avenues of creativity that I know nothing about and can't even fathom doing. I can't draw, not musically inclined whatsoever. Um, so I would love to just hear from different people's perspectives and f- see how their brain kind of works. I mean, there's this one guy who I've interview he's a big time hydrofoiler and it's like way of surfing and he's also really musically talented and that's how he kind of thinks and it's just really it was interesting to listen to him talk about those two athletics and music um, being combined but yeah honestly just i uh i love talking about this stuff i think it's so interesting and um i think it's information that is good to get out there and it uh i enjoy it so i mean if only 10 people listen then whatever um hope they get something out of it and i'm just uh, happy that we got to have this chat yeah well yeah. can i be honest with you yeah pick one pick, pick either athletes or creatives oh you think yeah to only interview athletes yeah. or creatives yeah oh okay so <laughs> again not to sound like a jerk no no but like yeah so you really want if you really want this thing like it's cool that you want to just have a conversation with people that's awesome do it yeah. for your own benefit 100 percent. i full-heartedly agree with you do whatever you want to do yeah. for your own benefit but if you really want this to grow pick one okay and just start marketing to those people okay you want to know how to market it T- please tell me <laughs> set up your phone and just record like even if you know put your next person next to you set yeah. up your phone and record it and just cut 15 second clips up 30 second clips up right. just start posting them on reels there you go that's it raw okay and just start doing that do that three times a week your podcast will grow okay i appreciate that's, that that's from me to you anybody listening just do stuff like that <laughs> yeah no one listen to that let me do that <laughs> um, yeah, there's no shortage of podcasts out there but like if you really want to stick out yeah <laughs> that's how you got to do it man okay that's All what right. like nick d and uh the freddie podcast oh nick, yeah, nick yeah, d yeah. And what's yeah, that guy's yeah. name cakes mitchell uh-huh that's all they did just short form entertaining stuff and then that's their their con their uh, podcast blew up okay good so, to know but he's also a music artist now, right yeah so whatever no, good for him <laughs> must be nice yeah <laughs> um, yeah thanks for having me man well yeah thank you so much for coming out i'm really glad we got to do this and uh i appreciate your advice no problem and i appreciate using your very nice microphones the audio for the other podcast will not sound this good okay. <laughs> um so thank you so much really no appreciate it